Well, hello, this is Gary, and you're listening to Thinking Out Loud. Today, Wednesday, August 25th, 2021. Cautiously optimistic about the future, I don't really know why, but it's just... Oh, because I guess I want to be. Things continue in the United States. Uh, still, after all these years and all my uh, ranting and stuff, there, there still is only really two options to choose from, and then one of those options for political representation in this country is still primarily focused at the moment on protecting the interests of Donald Trump, of restricting voting access and banning mask mandates. They're just kind of fully out in the open, the the we don't give a shit party. Uh, Back in the 19th century, pretty sure it was 19th century, 1830s, 40s, I think prior to the Civil War. Don't quote me on that. But uh, there was a group called the Know-Nothings. Or was it the Do-Nothings? I think it was the know-nothings, but that, and that's basically what they were, they just kind of didn't really do anything, and just pretended they didn't really care about anything. Republicans are like the modern version of that now, where there's a few here and there that kind of will, will have a land, line in the sand, and there's certain things they just won't put up with. Uh, Mitt Romney, uh, I wish I could remember the one guy's name, I think he's former military, and his represents New York in the House. Uh, and then there's Liz Cheney that somehow gets praised as being some kind of maverick like her father. Or uh, like... was it? But... You know, I... Hardly... You know, an activist for progressive rights or anything like that. The Republican Party, though, relies on some key things. And one of the main ones is they, they rely on you know, a, a solid percentage of the American population, about you know 35% or so, to really gobble up conservative media. Uh, the Republican Party really relies on millions of people getting their news, getting their information from... Fox News, and there really are genuine, living, breathing people who not only believe everything they hear on Fox News, but genuinely think that Fox News is unbiased or is presenting them information purely straight, straightforward. You know, the no spin zone is uh, Bill O'Reilly have, used to have a segment on his show on Fox News called the no spin or something, where they'd really spin it up. You know, they'd really lay the propaganda on thick. But they would be claiming the, the opposite. That's where the Republican Party is now, though. They're, uh, they got uh, locked down the sort of Trump base. What they're realizing, though, is that the Trump base is 
as passionate as those people are about believing every word in the Republican Party and genuinely thinking that Fox News is telling them the truth, as many of them as there are and as passionate as there are, they are the vocal minority. Yeah. The, the people who support Trump, the people who support the Republican Party, they are a vocal minority who, ironically enough, refer, refer to themselves as the silent majority, but they are very much the opposite. Um, you know, getting into big public heated exchange with perfect strangers over the requirement to wear a mask that'll protect you from airborne illnesses. And obviously those people that are protesting the mask mandates are most likely not vaccinated. Therefore, at the highest risk of catching corona, including the Delta variant. The longer the Delta variant gets to spread, the more it can mutate. And then you have, you know, an echo variant or whatever, you know, you, you have even more variants to it. A virus that seems especially good at killing human beings. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it seems like we as humans would want to, like, take at least some basic precautions if there was this thing going around the entirety of the world killing humans on a massive scale and our country alone over 500,000 as of a while ago um, then it seemed to be calming a bit but there is still a sizable percentage that never got vaccinated and then just re- you know, integrated back into society, and so it, you know, the virus started circling around in more abundance again, and then started mutating. So, Republican Party, though, they made, they decided that it was in their best political interest, the best chance they had to hold on to power and get re-elected, was to claim that the coronavirus either wasn't real, or that the masks had no, uh, had no benefit, which is false. It, it does it does benefit. In areas where mask mandates were put in a couple weeks later, there was fewer cases of corona and fewer people going to the hospital because of corona. Ding, bang, boom. It, 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 and it worked about that quickly. There's about a two-week lag. Once there's fewer people getting corona, then a couple weeks later, there's fewer people going to the hospital and stuff. So it's just one of those things that is what it is, you know. But there's still to this day, there's just too many people that are choosing to get their information from propaganda outlets, you know. And that's unfortunate. I think if you need to like stir the pot a little bit, whatever, you know, you, you, you got to sprinkle in some conservative heated emotion into your news here and there, or whatever. But when people are getting all of their news, the entirety of the source of their information is Fox News. That's scary. Because they're, they're being lied to on a daily basis and they're being manipulated. And they're being manipulated in order to support the already powerful. To give more power and wealth to the already powerful and already wealthy. Because the reality is 
whatever you think the Republican Party is, if you're a good, loyal Christian, and you think the Republican Party is Christian values, uh, you're a fiscal conservative, and you believe that the Republican Party practices fiscal conservatism, you're, uh, you're not anti-government necessarily, but you're very uh, worrisome of a an over-meddling government. So you, you're very much supportive of the small government, which is why you support the Republican Party. The problem with any of those three justifications for voting for the Republican Party is that none of those attributes apply to the Republican Party. The Republican Party is not Christian values. The Republican Party nominated an antichrist back in 2016, a man by the name of Donald John Trump, a man who was famous for bankrupting companies, cheating on his wives, being racist, sexist, stupid, and then becoming a game show host. All he ever cared about was fame and money, and that's it. And he was a proponent of those things. It wasn't just that he lived that way, he advocated for that lifestyle and ridiculed people who thought otherwise. In other words, people who live the path more resembling someone like Jesus are the type of people that Donald Trump would very much ridicule. He would find it stupid or silly. You know, to be compassionate or empathetic to your neighbors is not something that Trump understands, condones, or certainly not something that he advocates for. You know, he very much believes in revenge, getting even, and then some. Taking all that you can get, no matter who it causes harm to, to get it. And again, he's very much an advocate for those types of ideas. He, he, he's about as far removed from the teachings of Jesus as one can get. Strangely enough, though, many Christians voted for Trump because they said he was the best option as a Christian, but he's not. So it really begs the question of what do those people really stand for? If you're a person calling yourself a Christian and then you're you're loudly and boastfully supporting an antichrist, it really does beg the question. What do you really believe? What do you stand for? You know, do you believe in forgiveness? Do you believe in empathy? Do you believe in the golden rule, do unto others as you would have them do unto you? Do you believe it is important to feed the hungry and cure the sick and those types of things? Do you have any concern for those types of things? If so, what is the mental gymnastics going on to justify the support of Donald Trump? If the only justification involves who the person he was running against named or whatever, then you're not really explaining yourself. Donald Trump is not Christian. You know, he certainly likes to pretend to. It's more politically advantageous in the United States of America to be Christian. And in fact, if there's a mere whiff that you might be Muslim, heaven forbid, you'll get all kinds of ridicule. You know, that was one of the sort of critiques against Barack Obama, even though he's not Muslim, he's a Christian. Um, there's people claiming he was a Muslim, but he, and it's, but it's like, even if he was, who gives a shit, you know? Uh, 
but that's also kind of goes back to the beginning there when I was saying like the Taliban are not Muslims, you know, they're terrorists, but people associate them with Islam. They think they're one and the same. So they automatically think that if, if you say someone's a Muslim, that you're, it's almost like you're saying they are, are a terrorist, but that's just not what it is. I don't really know what the solutions are. You know, obviously people need to stop watching Fox News, that, that's a, but how does that happen? How do you get people to stop willingly choosing ignorance? Why is willful, willful ignorance such a strong thing in this country? Why are there so many people that just insisted on believing that the guy that was famous for lying all the time was telling them the truth? You know, why did that happen? And, and why did a major political organization whose turn it was to win, and it didn't really matter who they picked, why did they go with such an inferior candidate who had no business being in politics? But it, it goes back to the Republican Party just doesn't care. As far as fiscal conservatism, it's pretty common for the Republican Party to balloon the deficit every single time they're in power. They don't practice fiscal conservatism. They don't bring in enough money to pay the bills. And what they tend to do first is cut their revenue before cutting bills, which obviously doesn't make any sense. You know, ideally, if, if you have certain fixed expenses, certain things that cost a certain amount of money, we have a certain number of people, making sure all those people are have enough food to eat, have a place to stay, can access an education so they, they can learn more valuable skills and earn more money later and thereby pay more taxes. All that kind of stuff does cost money and those are things that you kind of need to pay for. You, the government need, has to make sure it's taking care of the basics because when, when those things are left to the private sector, it adds up far too much cost and becomes far less efficient. So there's some things that are just far more practical for government to take care of, like the roads, the bridges, and those kinds of things, the FDA. There's lots of stuff that is just better suited to be funded by the public, you know, with still plenty of room in the economy for private entrepreneurialism, you know. But the Republican Party has just a much different strategy for budgets. What they like to do is they, they like to start first and foremost from, with cutting taxes. Not for regular people though, not so much for regular people. Mostly for the extremely affluent, the people who are in the top 2% of uh, income earners in the United States. They'll start with that, and so what that'll do is create a budget deficit. The amount of money being brought in to the federal government and federal tax revenue will be less than the amount being spent on various federal programs. So then, once that deficit has been in place for a little while and the, and the budget deficit is ballooning every single day, they'll say, we need to cut entitlements. And entitlements will be things like Social Security, Medicare, Medicaid, public education, and infrastructure. Now, cutting those various programs will have zero benefit to the average working class person. None. 
But these are programs that the average wealthy person who just got a tax cut recently uh, is, is not going to see any real benefit in because those are things they can pay out of pocket no problem. Uh, wealthy people don't need Social Security. They don't need some kind of financial safety net, even as minimal as a few hundred bucks a month, to ensure that they don't starve to death when they're not working as much in their later years. Wealthy people don't need that. They're they're set. They're good to go. So they don't. They can give two shits about Social Security, Medicare, Medicaid. Again, wealthy people are wealthy. They need to go to the doctor and they have to pay out of pocket. It's no biggie. Even if the bill is ten thousand dollars, it doesn't matter. You know. People in the top 2% are doing just fine and dandy, so, you know, not, none of that is, none of that matters, you know. And same with education, again, private, private education, private schools, wealthy people can send their children to those kinds of schools, they, can, they themselves can go to private, so they don't have any need themselves for public education, so these, that's why those types of programs are the first to get cut. Because the Republican Party, again, it caters to the wealthy. Giving a tax cut for the wealthy and then cutting many different programs that benefit everyone else, it, it is what it is. I mean, the Republican Party in modern times, they are what they are. They are the organization that protects the interests of the wealthy. In order to do that, they have to get elected and stay in power. And in order to do that, they do have to convince a pretty sizable percentage of regular working class people who are not wealthy and are most likely not going to be wealthy anytime soon to vote for them. The Republican Party has to convince every single election a good solid, you know, 40 to 45 percent of the public to vote for them in order for the Republican Party to maintain a majority control in, in the Senate or House of Representatives. If it dips too below, too much below that 45% national support or so, they might very well lose their majority. Yeah. If those numbers don't make sense, well, that, that, that's because there's gerrymandered districts, and there's also the Senate. Every state gets two senators, no matter the size of population. So there's an uneven, there's a lot of uneven representation. Uh, throughout the United States. There's some areas in the United States where your one vote just has a greater value than in other parts of the country. It just it has a greater value. Uh, if you're in a state that has three electoral votes, but you only have 800,000 people, the weight of that one of your one vote is is more than the weight of a person's vote in California, say, where there's 55 electoral votes, a lot more electoral votes, but also way, 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 way more people, you know, like 30, 40 times more people, you know, a much, much more densely populated area. So each of those voters' votes just has less weight, you know, it has less significance in reality. One vote is not really one vote. It's not really what it is because of the Electoral College, the Senate, gerrymandered districts. There's unevenness. And all of those things are very much uh, kind of pillars of the Republican goal of representation. You know, they very much believe the Republic.
needs to be preserved at all costs. And their definition of the Republic is seems to be primarily the affluent lifestyles of, of the affluent wealthy class. You know, that is the re that's what needs to be preserved. You know, the, the fancy buildings, the fancy estates, and the fancy way of life of the top two percent. That's the Republic. You know. And that's what needs to be preserved. And it seems that over the last few years, that is what the Republican Party is most concerned with. How do we preserve the way of life of the top 2%? And really, that, that is it. Because uh, they don't really seem to care much at all what sort of neg negative consequences to other people, not in the wealthy, there will be. They, they don't really care. They'll openly full public view fight against Americans having the right to health care you know and the reason specifically that the Republican Party is against it is because they're worried about what will happen to health insurance companies how will those companies maintain their profitability that's what they're worried about and that is why the Republican Party is against health care as a right because health insurance companies would no longer be as profitable, obviously. Would you be allowed to keep your health insurance? And then that's, that, that whole question there is sort of a, like, do you, you want to still pay for health insurance when health care is a right? I mean, if you want to do that, it's your money. But they've got... It was a very weird when the discussion during the healthcare is a right thing should it be what, what's the best way to make sure Americans have healthcare. It was weird when regular people started worrying about what was going to happen to their health insurance plan, and it was weird when politicians who were saying they were supporting healthcare were like couldn't just give a definitive answer. Like the definitive answer is how you want to spend your money is up to you. So if you want to give $250 a month to Blue Cross Blue Shield, even when healthcare is a right, that's up to you. What what service are they providing you? That's a great question. Yeah, because in the current system, you would you would you pay a monthly premium to a health insurance company, and then if and when you got to go to the hospital, you'll get a slightly smaller bill. Yeah, you'll still have to pay some money out of pocket but it'll be less money than you would have had to pay if you didn't have insurance. So it's, you know, it's not really the best. Health insurance companies are for-profit companies, and the, the CEOs of the big health insurance companies do quite well, make millions of dollars a year, and that's very much part of the premium that people pay in health insurance. It's not going purely and solely to aid in medical care or whatever. No, it, it's to pay for the overhead and, and the costs of running a for-profit company, including salaries and bonuses of the executives of said company. All of that goes into the premium that you pay every month. It's not purely based off of how healthy you are and all that kind of stuff. You know, what it's going to cost for you to get health care. No. So, healthcare as a right means that that middleman that we're currently paying a ton of money to would no longer be needed. If you want to pay them money, it would be up to you, but you wouldn't need to. 
The Republican Party, though, is very much for sort of muddling and meddling in that and confusing the issue and, and sort of saying that the Democrats are trying to instill socialism or something, even though you would still have plenty of choice. You could still, you know, you could still spend your money however you want and still earn as much money as you want in a healthcare as a right society. It just means that if you need medical assistance, you would get it, and, and that's it. That's it. it politicians have, have really uh, just kind of dropped the ball in the healthcare thing by overcomplicating it. What sort of system are we going to use to pay for it? Well, what will, the best way is to just fund hospitals and various medical clinics and the staffing directly. Just pay for those things directly. You know, so you have the appropriate number of hospitals and medical clinics in a particular area to properly take care of the people who live in that area. And that's it. So when people get sick or need medical assistance, they would just go and get it. And then get discharged when they're healed. No money is exchanged. The, it, it's a, the hospital is well funded. That's how you do med universal health care just fund the, the health care. As far as people like, I don't want the government meddling in my health care day to day to day to do. Yeah, no, the hospital is the one that's going to be handling all your medical care, you know, and the medical billing and all that. The, the federal government is purely just handling the funding of the hospital. That's it. They're just sending money to the, you know, uh, sanctioned hospital or whatever, you know, the publicly funded hospital so all the care all the medical care will be provided by medical professionals yeah not the government and, and the government is just people so they that's one thing to uh, think keep in mind because I think a lot of uh, times people get kind of I don't know kind of caught up in details or something it's just what is it, Medicare for Medi Medicare, Medicaid, and all that, and, no, just, we're just going to fund healthcare directly. But what I really hope, too, is that just more options get presented, because right now we just have two, and for me, as a working class person, although I haven't, I've just been years where I didn't really like identifying myself as Christian, because there's some Christians that think that supporting Trump and Antichrist is totally cool. So I didn't really want to have to be associated with those types of people, but it is what it is. I am a Christian who knows that supporting Trump is wrong because he's he's not a good person. He needs help. And he, he, didn't, he didn't ever learn how to be a good, decent person. Uh, he was trained to be a bad person. And he succeeded admirably. So... Um, I just hope there's, yeah, there's just better options that start getting presented. For me, the Republican Party just isn't an option, and hasn't been since probably John McCain ran. I at least considered him, but in modern times, there just really isn't much of anything for a working class person to choose. So, hopefully better options get presented. And then as far as the Republican 
party stands though, while we still have the two options, on small government, Republican Party isn't that either. Uh, and small is kind of a stupid word to describe the size of something. Small, big, what is small and big. But as far as a government that's sort of meddling in all kinds of very personal affairs of a wide variety of different groups of Americans, that's certainly what the Republican Party does. Uh, dictating to people what sort of plants they're allowed to grow and sell and consume. Dictating to people what sort of medical procedures they're allowed to have. That's big government. You know, that's government dictating to people how their lives can be. That's no good. Providing health care as a right is not big government. Or is it? It's big as in bold, uh, big ideas maybe or something, but it's not like big and intrusive. The Republican Party is much more the intrusive government. Meddling in your personal affairs that really shouldn't be any of the government's business. Folks, focus on the basics. So, it's one of the great ironies is that if you watch enough, enough Fox News and listen to them, how I talk and my views on things, you would automatically call me a liberal, although that term I don't describe as, and I don't even really quite understand what that word really means, um, Christian, so that's foundational root uh, code of ethics, if you will, code of morals that I kind of learned in the church is really the foundational of all my beliefs. You know, do unto others as you'd have them do unto you. Deliver me not from temptation, but deliver me from evil. Forgive our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Those kinds of things are really the cornerstone, foundational aspect to anything I believe. And that's more where I'm from. And then I'm also a Sigma Nu, and the principles of Sigma Nu are love, truth, and honor. That's really my political belief. So, liberal doesn't really come into play really at all, that, that word. But if you're watching off Fox News, that's just the term that's going to be described to me. And they'll also start saying how the bunt Democrats, bleeding heart liberals, and all this sort of thing. It's, it's very weird, you know. Because um, I have the beliefs I have a lot of it has to do with my upbringing in the church and the Christian church so it's it's odd to be made fun of by people who are in the church because of the beliefs I have I learned in the church but you know such, such is the time we're in you know um, it, it is what it is but our country has to it has to do something soon. I mean, I, I don't know how long we can go where certain regions are sort of so opposed to democracy. You know, the areas of the country where the Republicans are in control, they're doing all kinds of nastiness to restrict voting access. And if those areas where the Republicans are able to get away with more, allow more Republicans to get elected in those areas, well then it means there's going to be more Republicans representing all of us in Washington, D.C., which is about 2,500 miles away from my home. Probably closer to about 3,000 miles away. You know, like, that's no good. I, I, so I think 
we're at a point where if there's going to continue to be that big of a percentage of the population that thinks that fascism is cool and that's what that's what they're doing if they're supporting Trump if you're if you're a devout trumpist yeah you're you're, be, you're supporting fascism hate to break it to you hate to be the bearer of bad news but no you're you're not supporting democracy by being a, an enthusiastic trump supporter in August of 2021 sorry that that's not what he represents Admittedly, I would think there'd be a little bit of embarrassment in not realizing that, because it's not like Donald Trump is, is good with subtlety. And, you know, he, he's kind of in your face and really bold about who it is that he is and what it is that he stands for. He, he's in your face about it. And, you know, he's unapologetic about it. He makes fun of people for praying sometimes. And, and he, thinks un, he thinks forgiveness is stupid. He once said that he doesn't have to ask for forgiveness because he has nothing to be forgiven for. He's lived a perfect life. You know, the ego on the guy is pretty, yeah, crazy. So hopefully, though, some of these Republicans controlled areas of the country will not be able to succeed in restricting voting if those areas succeed in restricting the right to vote, then there will be more Republicans. Even though the Republicans haven't really had a majority support among the masses in, in a while now, they've been able to still have majority control in certain branches of the government, uh, which, which is just far too much power for that organization, because all they're focused on is increasing the amount of power that the already powerful have. Really, the only way they seem to be able to do that, by increasing the power of the powerful, is to take away any any level of power that exists among the masses. You know, any level of freedom that may have been developed in recent years. You know, healthcare being a little bit easier to access, education being a little bit easier to access, those types of things, roads and bridges being a little safer to drive on, all those kind of things. Republican Party is more than willing to kind of take those away or to cut funding of those if it means that they can, you know, benefit the wealthy with those reductions and just give all that extra, extra money to the already wealthy. We really could be a robust society, progressive society that's like, you know, takes care of its own. Well, taking care of others too. There's uh, prosperous, where there's a lot of room for growth, a lot of there's plenty of opportunity, and it's there. And and those that want to work hard can get it. Yeah. The people. I think the, the the issue with this country now is there's. It is capitalistic, so there are people that can make it. And when the people who do make it make it, they they like to think that it was purely because of their own hard work and tenacity. And that was partly to do with it. It's also luck. And there's an unwillingness among a lot of the people who work really hard and, and made it and achieved to understand that, yeah, there was some luck involved. You, you 
you know. The, the system is not designed for many who are working hard to make it or to at least etch out a good existence where you have plenty to eat and have a place to stay and all that kind of stuff have, and can have fun. The reality is there's more and more people that are just dipping below the poverty line. You know, anytime I bring up the city of Seattle, I know a lot of people in my family are, oh, there's so many homeless people and stuff. As if it's the city of Seattle's fault. It, you know, they created people who don't have a place to live or something, you know. And there's a lot, a lot of people that like to think we should just, like, round them all up and just, like, drop them off on the outskirts of cities or something so we just don't have to see them. Sometimes there's a delayed reaction. So, 2017, the newly elected president signs a tax bill that cut, cuts taxes for the wealthy and corporations. Shortly after that, one of those corporations lays off 10,000 people. Yeah. Those are real, live, living, breathing people, 10,000 of them, who now don't have income. You know, maybe they had a little bit of savings, but most likely they do not. The average person doesn't have hundreds of thousands of dollars in some sort of investment account that they can just cash out at any time. Wilbur Ross, the old, uh, I forget what his title was for Trump, didn't have any understanding of that. And his advice to people back in the day when they're getting employed was just to cash out some other 401k. You know, just completely oblivious to the everyday life of regular people. that's what happens. You know, there's a lot of the things that the Republican Party does, there is delayed reactions. What is the true effect of Donald Trump filling our court system with all kinds of overly conservative judges? Time will tell. You know, maybe there will be more people going to prison for being poor or being black. That's probably going to go up even more, you know. Hopefully not, but... Trump represented what he represented, and uh, you know the stain from his presidency is going to linger for quite a while. You got three Supreme Court justices confirmed. That's an abomination. That a uh, you know a man like Trump was able to get three Supreme Court justices confirmed, like quickly too, barely, nearly any sort of hearing really. They just were like pushed through, shoved through shoved down our throats, you know, how, how was a person who was totally legitimate for the job denied even a, a chance to interview really for the job simply because the guy who picked him was a member of a different organization, you know, you know, Garland, Merrick Garland should be on the Supreme Court Justice, on the Supreme Court, he should be a Supreme Court Justice, that, you know, but there's lots of politics going on and again there's only two options. We have two options, and for many people, like myself, one of the two options really just isn't an option. It's, it's not. I, I can't in good conscience vote for a person with an R next to their name. I can't. Not, not anymore. I have voted for Republicans in the past, here and there, but I, I can't do it now. That, uh, it, it, you know, that would be voting against my core values, you know, so I can't do that important to 
you know, help clothe the unclothed, feed the hungry, and cure the sick. Those are the kind of things that are, like should be more important for our society than making sure that wealthy asshole guy can afford another vacation home. That really should not be what the government is focused on. A big, massively profitable corporation wants to be more profitable. That's not really what the government should be focused on, especially when there are people who are not getting enough food or, or in some cases, even access to clean drinking water. Those kind of things are far more small and basic and first and foremost need to be addressed. You know, healthcare, infrastructure, education. That you gotta start with that. And once you got all those things locked down, then you can venture out a little bit further. But healthcare I would also associate with like protection, you know. So obviously you still need to have defense and military and that kind of stuff, but not an imperialist army. Not constantly invading other countries' ter territories to uh, get their resources, but just a defense, you know, de being alert and, and 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 ready for any possible, you know, attack on our citizens or our allies. I'm naively optimistic that there will be some opportunities different options in political representation in the near future. A line has been crossed by the Republican Party that some members of the Republican Party are uncomfortable with. Those Republicans that have, you know, stood up to the leaders of the organization and, and ad admonished certain aspects of what they're doing lately, what they really have to do is either go independent or start forming their new organization. The modern day Republican Party must split. You know, there, there has to be a split. Conservatism, small government, Christian values, all those things are great. Those are wonderful ideas. However, the modern day Republican Party doesn't represent any of them, but professes to. And, and the problem is, millions of people genuinely think that the Republican Party does indeed actively engage in those ideas when they do not. The Republican Party, just to review, is not Christian values. They're harsh, cruel, vindictive, and oppressive. Alright? They support an antichrist, Donald Trump. Donald Trump is about as far removed from the teachings of Jesus as you can get. If you need a sort of excuse for him or something, he was trained to be that way by his father. Donald Trump is a man who needs help. He's very, very old and never learned how to be a good, decent person. He just never figured it out. He was solely focused on fame and fortune, and that's it. That's it. You know, he cares of nothing else. You know, and, and it just is what he is. He's the kind of embodiment of that kind of thing. You know, and he's been for quite a while. That's kind of the worst part about it. He wasn't subtle about it. He wasn't subtle about what his true beliefs are, what he believed in. The art of the deal kind of fully lays it out. And it's not a book that he wrote or anything. He's the subject of the book. Tony Schwartz wrote Art of the Deal. Donald Trump is not a writer. 
Okay, he's, he's not that kind of person. He doesn't sit down and write a book. It's weird, though, that it's presented like that, and it's not made more clear in the news that Donald Trump did not write Art of the Deal. Tony Schwartz did. Donald Trump is the subject of the book, Art of the Deal. He's quoted in the book abundantly throughout the book, but he did not write it. He did not sit down and write that book. No. Uh, but he gets credit as if he did, though. That's uh, just how publishing goes, I guess, when you hire a ghostwriter. So I guess in that case, it wasn't really like a ghostwriter. It was like with Tony Schwartz, but Tony Schwartz wrote it. He, he's the guy that wrote the book. But eventually, I think there will be this is my optimism side, there will be a, a sort of awakening. I think among, hopefully, a, a good percentage, you know, a solid at least half of the current MAGA crowd, that'll, it'll start seeping in doubt about their support of Trump. And maybe it'll be doubt that they've had all along, they've just been suppressing it somehow. There's something off about Trump, clearly and obviously. You know, he's not a person you should be supporting, and you have even less of an excuse to be supporting him if you're a person that goes to church every Sunday, because you're, you're, uh, you're, um, you know, you, you're professing to have certain core beliefs that if you do indeed have them. Donald Trump's the last person you should be supporting to be your leader. He's very much a proponent of something very different than Christian values. And again, he's unapologetic about it and boastful about it and fully out in the open about it. In fact, he has such a warped view of it that his attempts at embracing the values of it just... They're just off. You know, he, he wants to take a picture in front of a church holding a Bible. That, that's what he wants to do. So how does he do that? I mean, the easiest way is even if there's a crowd in front of the church, is to just walk through the church. Maybe you have to be among the people for a bit. But he has secret service, So, but there's ways to get pretty up close and quote personal with the people and still be safe and protected. Yeah. If it was that important to him, he could have just walked a few blocks and, and did that. But that's not how he did it. He ordered his, uh, the police to, to fire tear gas on the people who were exercising their rights. And, uh, you know, had them fire tear gas on those peaceful protesters. So that they would move out of the way. So that Trump could then walk down to the church that was closed because coronavirus was in full swing at the time and hold up uh, the Bible upside down and then have someone take a picture while he had a sort of uh, you know strange look on his face you know, sort of like see I'm Christian here you go see here's proof I'm holding a Bible upside down after he ordered people to hire fire tear gas on a crowd um, like he his version of Christianity is so skewed 
that that's literally what he thought would be a good idea to show how Christian he is. It's strange that he actually got away with it, though. Some of the people that were most supportive of that type of thing are the very people professing to be Christian. It's very confusing, you know. And that's why I think over the last many years, I myself have kind of pondered what it is I am. I was like 10 years old when I accepted Jesus as my Savior, as my Lord and Savior. 10 years old. That was a long time ago, you know. And certainly not a perfect person. I've uh, made a lot of mistakes along the way, but I think I know the difference between right and wrong, you know. And I don't know, the teachings in there, they're, they're, they're pretty clear and laid out in the Gospels. There's only four of them. And it's not like a real thick reading. Read the full Bible, that's a pretty big book, but the New Testament's pretty small relative to the Torah or the Old Testament as Christians call it. So I mean, and it's a book that's around the world and all that sort of thing. So it's like trying to pretend like it's in your Christian duty to support Trump is very confusing. Because deep in your heart, you know, if you're a Christian, that your duty is quite the opposite. And you know that. That's that's the thing. That's, that's what's most confusing about this whole weird Trump era. I honestly don't think that anyone that's going to church every Sunday and has genuinely embraced the teachings of Jesus actually thinks, in their heart of hearts, that the best thing they're supposed to be doing as a good, loyal Christian is to support Donald Trump. You have to know, deep down inside, that what you're doing is wrong. You have to know that. How long do you go, though? When do you finally admit and change course? People have a duty if they are, if they've accepted Jesus as their Lord and Savior, they have a certain duty in modern times, especially living in the United States of America, to speak up and out and against Donald Trump. He needs to be, he needs help. I pray for Donald Trump and his supporters. I hope that they someday see the light and, and see the air in their ways in supporting Trump and embrace a more positive lifestyle and get back to the roots of the original message and stop getting bogged down in minutia buried in the Old Testament. Stop memorizing certain verses and absorb the, the wholeness of the message. When you absorb the wholeness of the message, it'll become abundantly clear that obviously you should not be supporting Donald Trump. It, 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 it's clear and emphatic and there's little excuse otherwise. I'm sorry, there just isn't. Nothing a Trump supporter is going to say 
is going to convince me as a Christian and a Sigma Nu to support Donald Trump. I can't. I can't support Donald Trump. That, 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 that's the thing. I can't do that. I would be turning my back on core values that I profess to have, you know, in, in very, you know, in, in ceremonial fashion, too, you know, with, with people in attendance and such, you know. I confirmed my beliefs in front of others. And so supporting Trump would be turning my back on those beliefs very emphatically. And so obviously I'm not going to do that. Why so many people have done that, though, is strange, confusing. But so it goes. The devil works in many ways to entice and to tempt and to draw us away from the path. I myself have been drawn away from the path many times. But maybe that's just because my path is a more winding, meandering path. Maybe that is the what it'll be for the current MAGA crowd. The MAGA crowd who are also Christians. Maybe their life path will be one that'll there'll be a when they look back a few years where it's like what happened there. And they'll, they'll, but they'll be able to explain it. You know, they'll be able to ask forgiveness for those years where they got kind of confused and led astray by various temptations. But, how they were able to get back on course. So how do you get back on course? I personally recommend meditation, yoga, drinking lots of water, exercising daily. Not 30 to 40 minutes, 3 to 5 days a week. But every single day. Read. Reacquaint yourself with the Bible if you are a Christian. And if you're not a Christian, I do think it's a good book. I think other books are good too. For me personally, being raised in the United States of America and being raised in the Christian Church, Methodist Church, that specific belief system just worked for me. And I was very happy and willing to accept Jesus as my Lord and Savior when I was 10 years old. And although I've lived a kind of a wild life, even a crazy wild person like me can be a part of that very warming, you know, because that spirit has been with me my whole life, even when I was getting a little wild, so I know that those people that have confirmed in front of public, proudly proclaimed their, you know, allegiance, if you will, Jesus and his teachings, I know that those people have some doubts buried in. But when your identity becomes part of... Politics is very much identity. You know, they're two and the same. They're, they become your peer groups and stuff. And in some cases, you know, politics can lead to certain people not being in your peer group or whatever. So if you're part of MAGA, you're, you're like part of something. MAGA's like a thing. You know, it, it's a show. It's an event. Trump comes to town and all the people get together and they get their costumes on and they get all raucous and yell and scream and with a bunch of other people in a big somewhat crowded auditorium probably not sold out but you know it's a decent crowd the equivalent to like a mid-level band or something you know 
it wouldn't be like U2 or anything like that, but it'd be like, you know, I don't know, whatever. I can't really think of a, a good mid-level band right now, but, you know, five to 10,000 in the crowd or so, but it's not like you're selling an out Madison Square Garden or anything, but, it, you know, there's a good, decent following. Maybe it's like a, like a fish concert or something, I guess. Maybe, maybe that's the but it has that kind of feel, the MAGA events, you know. So we got to find a way for those people to, to feel that kind of void, that sort of communal, boisterous, getting loud, getting excited, getting dressed up in a big crowd and having a good time. How do they replace that aspect of the Trump rallies? Now, saying all that, obviously... I see no appeal in a Trump rally, and in fact, I've been to one. I was selling concessions at one once, back when he was running for president the first time. And I found it extremely dreary. He's a horrible public speaker. Uh, and the people he had coming before him were even worse than he was. Just awful. You know, it, and it was... Just left a lot to be desired. So, but for others, though, it, it's... It, 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 invigorating somehow again I, I don't I don't understand how but it just is so we got to find a way to fill that kind of void we got to get more options make sure you're registered to vote if you do vote don't vote Republican that, that you know if, if nothing else just don't vote Republican who you vote instead that, that's kind of another matter I'm, I'm not Democrat I'm not liberal again I'm, I'm Christian and I'm a Sigma Nu but I have no political allegiance. Uh, I believe the government should be small, fiscally conservative, and not necessarily Christian values, uh, but, you know, humane, empathetic government. You know, that, that, that's very much pro-life in a, in a more general sense, not, not specific to abortion, but like pro-life as in like life, you know, protecting the environment healthcare for people, education, that those those kinds of things. So I don't there isn't really a specific political party that represents all of those things. So you know, hopefully more options get presented. If you're not vaccinated, make sure you get vaccinated so that we can uh, stay protected from the coronavirus and it can't continue to mutate and continue to kill human beings. If you refuse to get vaccinated, at least wear your mask in public. the right thing, but preferably get vaccinated. Stay safe out there. God bless. This is Gary, Thinking Out Loud.